Welcome to Parenting That Kid. My name is Ashley Tolliver. As a mom of twins, one being a highly sensitive child who responds to the world in a non-traditional and sometimes challenging way, I understand the desire to find the golden answer. Maybe there is no golden answer, but there are resources, tips, and tricks we can all use to help us make this uniquely normal parenting journey a little more fun. This podcast is a roadmap to parenting that kid for myself and other parents. If recording my journey as I seek a clear starting point, community, and effort to normalize what sometimes feels abnormal supports at least one parent, then my time is not wasted. And hey, if it doesn't, well, there's documented proof that moms deserve a glass of wine. Cheers! Today's guest on Parenting That Kid is JT Tsui, the sports director for Ontario Football and the author for the best-selling book, You Are Greatness. While sports athletics sounds like it would go hand in hand with greatness, it doesn't always. For a child who has ADHD, they might struggle to believe in their greatness. And that's why I brought JT on. JT's book, You Are Greatness, provides practical ways that you find your greatness. And once we parents find those tools, we have to put them into practice with our own children because you and I both know our children have greatness in them. It's just up to us to give them the tools to believe it themselves. All right. So JT, Sui, thank you so much for joining me today. I am really thrilled. Like I said, I have some questions that I as a parent want to know. And so I feel other parents are going to want to know the answer as well. But I would love for you to introduce yourself to my guests so that they have um, an idea of what they're about to jump into and listen to. Yeah. Thank you so much, Ashley, for providing the opportunity to be here and hold some space with you. And uh, yeah, just really just feel blessed. So thank you very much again. Yeah, absolutely. My name is JT Sui, um, and my mission is to show other people what's possible when they go all in and truly bet on themselves. And, you know, there's lots of different uh, ways in, in how I do that, right? Uh, most importantly, I have a beautiful uh, family, my wife, Alicia, who I've been married to for uh, almost 13 years now lucky 13. Uh, I got two young kids, uh, 11 and a half and nine. And the really cool thing in the last few years, since uh, my wife and I both left the safe and comfortable world of teaching is just been able to really experience life with our kids in a different way to take the road less traveled. Mm -hmm. And it's been really amazing because we've been able to bring more of their uniqueness, more of what makes them sort of their, their proverbial special snowflake to the surface, which has been really cool to watch. Mm -hmm. Um, beyond that, um, I'm currently serving as a coaching consultant and speaking, um, also serving as director of sport with Football Ontario, which it would be similar to kind of like a, a state, right? Like kind of like if you're looking at a state in Texas, like the football. Uh, so yeah, so a lot of different avenues, but again, just going back to my mission, which is just to show others what's possible. That's so amazing. And that sounds really packed. I'm going to be honest, that's really <laughs> packed, but also it's open stuff. So that's wonderful. Yeah, yeah. So as I mentioned, I spoke with an elite athlete recently, and I wanted to speak to somebody who is on the not the outside, but not the athlete themselves in the action. But I wanted to speak to somebody who works with athletes, yeah. in particular, somebody who works with athletes who might have had other experiences in life. And you just so happen to also teaching experience. I've <laughs> probably come across a child or two who might have ADHD or a whole other list of neurodivergent differences. Yeah. And, um, 
then you have this book and I have been stalking your book. I've been stalking it online, listening to your little um, Instagram interviews and all these things. Okay. So I think your book is really amazing. And I think <laughs> it's multiple types of people and adults, but yeah, we can take that in ourselves and then share that with our own children. So, yeah. And so it's not specific to neurodivergent, but I think it's finding the greatness of who everybody is. Everybody has that. And as I tell my daughter, your ADHD is your superpower. And, and I think we have to just keep saying that we have to train in her brain to truly believe that because there are moments in time where that doesn't feel like that to her. Mm. Um, and so when I was speaking with you and reading all of your information, I really wanted to get your perspective, um, on coaching and being around you're now in the athletic and the adults, young adult life, but mm -hmm. being around that, um, as the outsider supporting those who are in the action and your experience with that. And mm -hmm. then a few other, um, points that I feel will make mothers comfortable <laughs> yeah. like the children. So is there a way that you could speak to that and as a whole, and then we'll narrow it down? Yeah, definitely. So why don't I uh, give you some context? So part of why I wrote You Are Great This was it was inspired after a conversation with a coaching client who also happened to be a former teaching and, and coaching colleague. And he asked me, what's your truth? Hmm. And it was really, it, it kind of like stopped me like dead in my tracks because usually I'm the one I'm like, I have a curious mind. I'm constantly asking questions and probably you can start to see why that's why I kind of found the coaching, the education, the consulting space. And I, I came back to this fundamental truth that everyone has a seed of greatness inside of them. We may not always see it. We may not always be aware of it, but it's there, right? It's like planting a carrot seed in the ground. You may not see the physical carrot, but it's there. Mm -hmm. And from that, I just, that, that simple truth, that simple idea has just sort of framed, you know, my, my life, because I think from my own lived experience, there have been moments in our life where we forget that truth, right? We just feel like the, our current results in life, um, you know, we just doubt or, or we, or we, we believe we're not worthy, right? Or we, we forget that truth. So I just wanted to help others understand that. And from that sort of birth, this idea that going back to my mission is I just want people to, I just want to acknowledge people. I want to praise people. I want to celebrate people and just remind them of those things because I'm a believer that the biggest human need is people just want to feel seen, want to feel heard, want to feel appreciated. And we live in a world right now where if you don't fit a mold in certain aspects of life, then you feel like an outsider. Yeah. So, so I just wanted to help people sort of just remind them that regardless of what's happened up to this point, you know, you are deserving of greatness. You are worthy of greatness and you are greatness. So. Oh, that's so wonderful. And that speaks so innate in me as a mom to my child who doesn't feel that way all the time, right? When you've got something that you're struggling with, you don't feel that in that moment. And you have to really support that, that really you are, and it, it, you just have to shine that and see that and you will. It's so mm -hmm. hard when you're little to see that. So I love that, that message. And I think a book, a parent could start believing that about themselves. Wow. <laughs> yeah. They could put that onto their child and it would be a whole different world. That would be amazing. <laughs> Absolutely. So to find greatness, because I think yeah. we do, like I said, it's kind of my, I tell my daughter, it's your hidden superpower that people mm -hmm. don't know, but it's pretty cool because the way you think is not how I think. Um, I feel like raising that though, when the child is so deep into not believing that and that mm -hmm. um, 
they're not getting the enjoyment out of life that you really would love them to have. I feel like that can be a really big challenge. And I, yeah. I also see that um, academically. I see that socially. I see that in the athletic ability of my kids, one of them, mm -hmm. the one that really highlights what typical ADHD would look like. Yeah. Um, and I don't, and I wonder how, from your perspective as a coach and a teacher, how do you really foster that to start making shift with them? And it could be the smallest thing on a day-to-day -day basis, or it could be a huge thing that you have to work on. It's going to take years. Yeah, no. And, and that, you know, that's a great question. I think that that's what we all search for as parents, right? Is, you know, how do we help our, how do we help the young people in our lives feel happy, healthy, and wealthy? Because really at the end of the day, they, they have to feel happy, healthy, and wealthy if we want them to thrive. And, and for me, it's, again, coming from education, the interesting thing is two of the three schools that I taught at were very academically driven and athletically driven. So very like the, the, the standard of excellence was here. So it was a high pressure environment. Mm -hmm. And the interesting part was I actually didn't enjoy school very much. I was actually very much the proverbial underachiever. I, it just never resonated with me. I just felt kind of invisible, kind of felt like, I don't know, school just, I've always been a bit of a resistor. Like if I don't really see why we're doing it, part of that edge comes out of me goes, this is, this is pointless. This is silly. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, so I think having like what you're doing now, it's, it's, it's celebrating again, going back to celebrating the fact that there are different avenues of greatness. There are different avenues where people can be successful. And I think it's really acknowledging the gifts, the talents, and the abilities of our young people and providing them with opportunities to try things out, to just see and just embrace that, you know, that Nelson Mandela quote, that you're going to, you're either going to win or you're going to learn something in the process. So I think it's really celebrating that growth mindset and really just helping young people to understand that there is more to life than a mark out of zero to a hundred on a test. There is more to, you know, thinking that you have to be a doctor or lawyer in terms to be successful in this life. And, and it, again, it's just providing those opportunities and really celebrating those gifts, those tense abilities and giving them opportunities to try some things out and fail a lot, but at least they'll learn something in the process. Right. 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 Ooh, I like that one. Interesting. So the academic one was just zero interest. I mean, because it wasn't serving your greatness or it wasn't highlighting or, yeah. yeah. And that, and I find that to be the struggle with ADHD because they do, they have this hyper-focus area, whatever yeah. that might be. And all the other is just oh, over here and it's not fun. And, it, and then it feels like you don't have that greatness. Yeah. And, and, you know, it's interesting that if you actually take a look at, and I think this is where kids are such wonderful teachers because they're so tap into their intuition like they just if and what they do and i mean you have kids what do kids do they play they explore they discover and that's how they experience the world right you think back to you know how they sort of figure out what their place is in the world and truth be told in schools it's not really that it's not really structured that way it's not because anything's wrong with it it's just that's just never really been a part of schools schools have been very much you know, uh, go to a certain class, sit down, sit in your seat. I have someone at the front of the class giving, giving and, and, and giving you all that information. Then it's regurgitating it to me on a test. And, and that really has been education since its inception during the industrial revolution. Right. 
And, and it's understanding that many of these life lessons are often, at least from, again, my experience from myself working with others, that many of those lessons can be taught elsewhere, whether they are these kind of conversations where we're, we're sharing each other's lived experience, whether it's on the sports field, like you do with your kids, right? They tell me there's learning how to show up on time to give their best effort and that attitude, right? On the, on the soccer field. And yeah. yeah. And just, and just acknowledging that you can discover or rediscover a lot of lessons about life outside traditional four walls of a classroom. Yeah. Well, and that brings us to athletics. So showing up on the field or showing up in a team, or maybe it's an individualized sport, whatever that might be, um, yeah. that can be challenging for children who have ADHD or who have the, have a struggle to focus or stay in line. I don't think sports is in line. In fact, that's what makes it so amazing to watch because everybody does their own unique ability to it. But yeah. it can be a huge challenge for those types of children. And it can be a huge challenge. Well, I can be a big challenge to parents then, but I can only imagine as a coach, that can be a mm -hmm. huge challenge as well. Yet, mm -hmm. you know that this is so good for that child and, and it's going to take the extra to be in that child's life. I don't know if you can speak to approaching a child who might not just be the gun ho and I'm going to listen, I'm going to do it all and I can show up on time and I'm going to do every drill you ask me to do without <laughs> even And I'm sure there are children yeah. that don't, right? I mean, that's just yeah. frozen life. But I would love to hear the from the coaching side how to yeah. that type of child. Yeah, that's a great question. Uh, one, I think it would, again, come from the understanding that it's about releasing this illusion of perfection that not every student, and I think back to my own lived experience, is going to just want to sit down to be compliant and just say, yes, sir, no, ma'am. And, and it's just understanding that some of those skills might, not everyone's been able to provide that experience. And not everyone is at a point where they're willing to do it. And that's okay. <laughs> but then too, it is finding, again, it's finding that seed of greatness in them, right? And maybe finding this connection point to maybe just, yeah, just figure out like, you know, I'm a, I'm a big believer. I'm a big relationship person. I'm sure you can probably appreciate. Um, and it's just fine. Yeah. Tell me about your day. Yeah. What are your classes like? And and maybe find out, oh yeah. Like what, what's been your favorite? What, what's your favorite sport? What's your favorite activity? What do you like to do? And I find that once you sort of prioritize and build those bridges of trust, then it then allows you to maybe gain a greater understanding of the person and then you can kind of find out that way. So I've always been a, a firm believer in, in building bridges of trust, right? Of, of that, you know, loving people tough. And then once you build those bridges, then you can start to talk about, hey, these are kind of what's expected when you're, you know, on the field, right? But but I'm a big, you, you gotta you gotta build that trust first. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and I think that's why coaches play a huge role in any athlete's life and children then of course look up to them I was sharing that my son still has a picture of a coach from I don't know how many seasons back but it was so many years but whatever that that coach did just sat with him and whenever we rearrange his room he moves that picture around with him still and and I think this guy did spend time creating some type of relationship with them and my mm -hmm. son was not the easy one <laughs> he's definitely not the easy one but it's not yeah. work because he still really enjoyed that one um another question I had then is um, being on a team and relationships is really hard. It's really mm -hmm. hard for anybody mm -hmm. to have relationships, but being on a team is a different type of relationship and children with ADHD struggle with relationships. It's just one of those areas that they will have to work on mm -hmm. and being the individual in that is hard, but being the coach who has to kind of hold that team, 
I feel like that's got to be a challenge in its own. And I would love to hear yeah. ideas on that. Uh, yeah. And, and, and I love that question, right? Because again, and that's where, you know, in sport, we have all these cliches, right? We, we talk about family. Yeah. And, 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 but how do you build that, that greater sense of team, that greater sense of community family, wherever you want to say it. Right. And, and again, it goes back to it's building those bridges of trust. Right. And I, I'm, I love that. Like, that's kind of where that's like my jam. That's what I love to do. I love seeing uh, a group of young men and young women come together. There's just something about it that just lights, just lights me up. Uh, so I'll give you an example. Um, in my role in football Ontario, as I'm in charge of the high performance mm -hmm. uh, pathway. So, so dealing with some of the, you know, the highest of the high, right. Athletes like very motivated. These are the ones that will play college and university, right. you know, some of them will play pro. So, so we prioritize uh, something we call the next play mentality sessions where it's all about social, emotional learning skills, right? Like really teaching them quote unquote soft skills, which I think is, yeah. Right. They're great human being skills, right? They're, they're teaching how to be a great teammate. And one of the things that we all, I often challenge in a loving way of, of, of our athletes is the importance of taking courageous action, right? Because again, it's not always easy, especially when you're young, you're not really calm and calm and confident in your own skin. So I'll ask, you know, a question, maybe it'll be, here's a question, uh, share about a time you felt really grateful. And then I'll say, okay, four volunteers, who wants to take courageous action? So again, it's celebrating them using language that will empower them. Yeah. And then when we do that, a really cool thing happened this year. I said, what I would like you to do is to acknowledge your uh, Team Ontario brother or sister and acknowledge them for taking courageous action. So show them that they're money. And then we all did that. <laughs> or I said, drop drop the money we were doing this virtually so let's drop a money sign in the chat and it was really cool because you're looking at it and i mean these are groups of 350 across our province right of the, of the top athletes and coaches uh 12 to 17 years of age okay. uh, you know high-end coaches and all of a sudden you see like people like acknowledging each other you see the chat go like boom, 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 boom. <laughs> and it was one of those where we were at a national tournament a couple weeks back and our players, when they made a big play, all of a sudden, those lessons that we had started in January, they were acknowledging each other after a big play. And they were like, and our saying became money in the chat. So, and, and they did it. And it was a way of, they were doing it to celebrate each other. It wasn't, to, it wasn't focused on the other team like that way. It was simply acknowledging each other for, hey, we're part of this family and we're, we're gonna acknowledge, praise and celebrate each other. And to me, seeing that was like i don't know just seeing that man physically manifest eight months later was amazing oh my gosh okay well that just i mean that gave me goosebumps, you know, you can, that gave me goosebumps because I, I feel like um that's not that's not across the board and it should be across the board for everything in life i just we you know children don't get that a lot and Wow, that's amazing. And what my question to you next is about inclusivity, but I feel yeah. like you just wrap that up for us too, because that, you know, it's uh, the children who struggle can feel very much like the outsider of what's happening and they could love the sport, they could love arts, they could love music, whatever it might be. But yeah. because they struggle to focus, stay on task, to give the dedication, the time, the energy to something, yeah. um, they don't get to succeed in their mind what they would call succeed in that. 
And mm. they, you know, especially if you're working with a team, it could feel like your team is really pushing you back and you're holding them down and you're not helping the whole team succeed or whatever. Um, but this sounds like just, just the social emotional prior to even getting on the field or doing whatever you're doing mm-hmm. is going to give that support before that, hopefully before that moment hits kind of feeling. Yeah. And, and the, the beauty of that, and maybe I'll just preface this, right? Because people are yeah. probably thinking, you know, how do you even get to that point? Well, it's interesting that again, these are this was all research driven. This was work done out of the University of Toronto, which up here in Canada is one of the premier academic research driven universities here. It's non-secular, right? So these are all based on on practices from like the Far East, right? And and mindfulness practices. So so if anyone's asking, um, the other thing we did was we did build some expectations in, but we talked about like expected norms not rules and, and all this stuff, because we all know what happens when people rules, like let's use, let's use empowering language. So these expectations. So we actually did preface this idea. Part of this is to learn from other people's lived experience. Mm-hmm. So you have two ears, one mouth, you can learn a lot by simply listening. So we're, so we are uh, training and helping our, our athletes to understand the power of listening Two, another thing, which is especially in today's day and age was so powerful is we, we, we acknowledge that it's okay to agree to disagree. Yeah. And I think in today's world polarizing, I think it's important that we help our young people to understand that everything in their world is being driven to just get them, feed them exactly what they want to hear, like minds, which to a degree is there, but we need to be open to listening to diversity of thought and two, and coming from an objective and just, again, a willingness to listen and maybe just uh, just have conversations. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. That is so important. So unbelievably important. I bet people walk out of there just feeling super empowered about their own selves, whether it's athletically or not. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I mean, if that's an entire focus, I think mm-hmm. it enhances so many areas of your life. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, these athletes, you said they were young, right? Is that 12 starting around the age of 12? Yeah, so we had anywhere from 12 to 17 for, for this uh, aspect of our high-performance yeah. pathway. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Well, those are different brains right there. <laughs> I've met a 12-year-old. Mm-hmm. I've also met a 17-year-old. Those are very yeah. different brains. And yeah. helping them find their path, their greatness, and all along, feeling the pressure of the world saying another thing to you. Do you find that there's ways that they might need support in coping on the field or um, in the action, in the moment to really believe what you've been working with them on because the other can be so loud in the world. Yes. Again, that, that's, that's the game of life, right? And it's understanding it and it's really, and and one of the messages that uh, myself and our coaches, our leadership team often talk about is this idea of the only thing you can control is your next thought. And there is the power of free will. And really, it, it's helping, again, part of these uh, mental training sessions, these next play mentality sessions is to help actually uh, our athletes to train and condition their mind to be able to get laser focused on the here and the now. Mm-hmm. So, so part of this work is providing the mental reps and sets so that they can connect to them because we all prioritize the, the physical body, but we understand that what happens up here is going to show out 
in the physical world, right? So yeah, that's absolutely what controls our our body. <laughs> yep. We cannot work with this and forget the rest. It's not going to do what we want it to do. Exactly. Wow, wow, this is amazing. Okay, that is you again. You've given me goosebumps because I think <laughs> I, I was just on this support group for mothers, and they were asking, should they sign their child up for any athletic sport? They just felt last time's experience was not good. My child was not excelling or my child couldn't mm -hmm. focus or or they were being picked on right there's so many things and there's this struggle to decide if of um sports really is the way to go and i would love to hear from you, you yeah <laughs> great question um and i just want your your community to understand this is a question i get from many parents uh, i mean these are these are parents that are you know ceos they are they are like parents from all walks of life that you know what do i do like there's so much noise out there there's so many different sports uh, you know sort of everyone's promising the world to me you know what do i do yeah i'm a firm believer that the first thing you have to do is like what do you really want out of this like what is the driver what is the biggest priority for you and your child mm -hmm. And I remember having this conversation with a parent and uh, just give you some context, they were, they were debating between different pathways. And I just said, well, what's most important to you? And they said, well, I want them close to home. I want them to, da, 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 da. And, and, and they said, what was important to them, school? I said, okay. I said, do, do one of these pathways, one of these options fit that? Absolutely. So, so why I share this idea was you have to be clear on what's important to you, right? Like, and once you get clarity on what's important to you, then you can determine if that team, that coach, that organization is aligned with what's important to you, because I'm a firm believer that that's the most important thing. So I think, I think for parents, they need to be clear on what is, what's they're looking for. Uh, what do they value the most? And then, then that would give them some clarity on what the best fit is for them. Yeah. Uh, well, as you were just speaking, I'm thinking of the local clubs and how it's all, you know, try, there's this point of like sales to parents. You should sign mm -hmm. your kid up here. You have, you know, we're going to make them the biggest and the next greatest or whatever. I'm like, well, you and at 40 other clubs have also said the same thing to me before. Yeah. And, and my child wasn't treated well over there or they were you know, all of these things. So this is great. And it is closing down what's going on on the outside of the world and just going back into your, your truths, your beliefs, your desires for your child. Yeah. Yeah. And I think once you do that, you give yourself permission because again, it's acknowledging the fact that we all at times, and I say this myself, we sometimes get caught up in keeping up with the Joneses, right? The proverbial <laughs> keeping up the Joneses, right? And we're like, oh, should I or shouldn't I? But really at the end of the day, it's, if it's near and dear to your heart, mm -hmm. then my, I'm a firm believer that then you can never go wrong. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, right. Because then you're happy. <laughs> and what's mm -hmm. great than that, yeah. yeah. So what about if there is a, a, a child student, a young, well, let's just say teenage age, that type of like kind of having to pick their own path at this point. Yeah. And they've had struggles along the way, but they have this passion for whatever that might be. Um, mm. but, but the world has told them things throughout their, you know, 10 years, 12, 13, 14, 15 years. And now that they really do want to go this way. And, and then their parents are allowing you, 
it is your life in the end, right? I mean, I can have all them. <laughs> I can have all the opinions I want, but this is your life. How do mm -hmm. you work with the young, soon to be adult who is going to make all their own choices who might've mm -hmm. heard things or felt things throughout their past? Mm. That is a great question. And <laughs> it's a common one. No, it's a common one too. Yeah. <laughs> you know, again, it's understanding that there's a difference between specialized knowledge and opinion, right? And I think it's very easy. We live in a world where every where many people want to give their opinion. Huh. I always come back to this idea that other people's opinions of you are none of your concern. Okay. And I firmly believe that at the end of the day, what do you want? Like, what do you really want out of life? And when we ask that question and truly come with a curious mind and an open heart, and we allow our young people to actually give some thought mm -hmm. and to allow them to respond with and just listen, mm -hmm. that that is where they can provide and get themselves some clarity. So, so again, I think, it, again, it comes back to this idea. It just, what do you want? What do you really want? And it goes back to, you have to build those trusting relationships and give them a safe space to yeah. be themselves. Yeah. And I think being an athlete, probably a pretty vulnerable experience. I mean, I've been an athlete, but being a top elite athlete is probably a very vulnerable experience. And it's an, probably isolating at times too, because you're one of the few, <laughs> you're one of those that are just the picked off the tree and there's millions of others, but there's you over here who probably has heard not the, the best things throughout your entire life. And you've heard great things throughout your entire life, like this balance. Mm -hmm. So this is, you know, it's coming back and finding your own truths and spending that time with yourself to find that truth. Cause you do mm -hmm. have to close the door sometimes and just block it all up. That's really, yeah. Hmm. Um, it's interesting actually, as you say that, I just think back to again, uh, why is this a skill that many people struggle with the ability to actually sit and be with themselves to, to self-reflect. Mm -hmm. And the truth is these skills are rarely taught, right? It, it, it's ones where, you know, I'm, you know, I'm in this space and, and I find my kids, although we see dad doing it, it sometimes takes prompting. It's, it prompts me to ask them questions a way that actually gets them to stop and think and reflect. Mm -hmm. And these skills aren't always taught in schools. More often than not, they're not. They're not. Right. Right. People just aren't always aware of how powerful they are mm -hmm. or they can be. So, so I think just, again, providing that opportunity, even if it starts today, we just ask them that question once, at least then we can, again, challenge people in a loving way to stop, to think, to actually create some conscious thought and to set an intention of what the path forward could look like yeah well and that's really powerful for the adhd brain because it is always this constant 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 and it is a, it is a challenge it's a exercise to stop the brain have a thought that goes all the way through and then of course implementing that but having that moment in time um yeah that's a great exercise for every brain and i think the adhd brain really could use that and the brain is a muscle. It needs exercises like that. Exactly. And that's the connector, right? And that's the power of exercise, right? And, and again, coming from a phys ed kinesiology background, 
the body is so accessible, right? It, it, especially for the ADHD, we understand what the challenge is that, uh, you know, the busy, right? The busy mind. Mm-hmm. And then, and I say that like, before our call, I went out for a run because I wanted to be focused and locked in on you. <laughs> so for me, the run allowed me to pull the jets so I could be laser focused so I could show up and, and serve you in your community. So again, exercise the body. It's a powerful way to connect to the here and the now. That's so wonderful. Wonderful. So do you have, um, I love that you work with the older, I say older as in child older, not older. Yeah. <laughs> Although that actually is a conversation in itself, athleticism beyond. Mm-hmm. Um, do you have tips, advice, even resources for high athlete um, students, older youth, mm-hmm. um, who one might just be struggling to figure out where their path is in this journey that they're on. Mm-hmm. And I love that everybody can find their own greatness. I think the name of your book is really awesome. Because <laughs> I think I, I am, and I will be very open with that, that. I just think everybody has greatness in them and we just got to find it and dig it out and you know, like it's there. And so I do love that title, but do you have some tips and resources for those age groups that are just really unsure right now? And they're yeah. So there's got to be a path that they feel drawn to some way or another. Yeah. Well, it, it's funny that you asked that. And, and I'm inspired by a conversation that I had with uh, a former student and athlete who's, who's now in a couple of weeks going on to play university football up here in Canada. Yeah. And uh, he, he said to me, I saw him after a while, he says, I read your book. And I said, <laughs> okay, what's up? He's like, I actually like to read. <laughs> and this is, and, and this is again, a very academic, like, you know, but again, for whatever reason, reading was not a habit he had formed. And from there, the book was a way because, again, part of the, the inspiration writing the book was I have limited experience in education. I understand where the gaps, where the challenges are. I understand that adding more to teachers who already have enough on their plate in these coaches, like it's, they are teachers, they are guidance counselors, they are parents, they are chauffeurs, they, they, they are tapped, especially after the last two and a half years. So I wanted to offer, again, stories from my lived experience that were past those, those tools. So at the end of each chapter, there are three journaling prompts. Oh, so, wow. so again, it was to give some clarity on, you know, what's your goal right now? Two, like, what is a, what is potential, what could action steps could you take today? Yeah. What is one action you you want to set the intention to follow through this on this week? And part of it was, was to just give people a framework, a playbook, yeah. right? That they could access in like five minutes or less, right? Five, seven minutes and just set some intention to their day. I so, love that. I love so that. that. So okay. I would say the book would be a great resource. Yeah. It's not just reading, but you're actually creating your own world. I mean, there's great... I feel like reading a book sometimes like reading a recipe. You go, okay, yeah, 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 yeah. But it's not real until you do it. And so this is both of those things in there. Uh, I love it. it. It's a choose your own adventure. Again, the, the bit <laughs> of the rebel in me that said, I, it's 13 ideas. And part uh-huh. of me writing it was, I just want something where it's not like a traditional novel. It's just like, okay, what's an idea? Oh, there's an idea here from sport. There's an idea here from my personal life. There's yeah. an idea from my relationship with my kids, my old father. So yeah, I just wrote it because again, different lived experience is going to resonate with different people. Right. Absolutely. Okay. That's, that's wonderful. Thank you. Okay. Where do people find your book? Uh, so they can go uh, right to the website. So it's uh, www.urgreatnessbook.com. 
or if they go to my Instagram or, or Twitter, any of those, there's a link tree there and they can have all the resources there. They can access the podcast. Like, yeah, there's, there's a lot of tools there that they can use to just move forward in their life and bring their greatness to the surface. Perfect. Wow. JT, this is wonderful. Like I said, I do sounds a few times because you, you <laughs> answered the questions that I had and you, you struck some thoughts in me, which I, I always love when I get off of these and ponder for a long time. Yeah. So thank you for bringing your expertise in this area. This is wonderful. And for sharing your book, I'm really, I'm excited. Maybe more excited. I know that at the end, there's like actionable things that you can do. I, I love those types of books. Mm -hmm. um, it's interesting that you share that, right? Actionable. And that's come up a couple of times. Uh, one thing I often say at the end of my podcast is that knowledge is potential power. Mm -hmm. It's the consistent and focused application of great knowledge that actually creates great results. So, so I just want to, again, just again, that loving, challenging way of reading books is great, but you got to put things into practice if you want to create better results. Oh yeah. I mean, well, okay. That's <laughs> speaking right there. <laughs> oh, I feel like we heard at the end of every practice, every game. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yay. Well, thank you JT so much for sharing with my audience and for sharing with me. I really, I really appreciate you coming on and giving your clients. Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, actually, uh, thank you. I, I received that. That that's a practice I'm sort of challenging myself to receive. Um, I just want to thank you for for choosing to show up. I, I think it's amazing that you are, you know, opening up your heart. You're opening up something that's near and dear to your heart, which is your relationship with your kids, and figuring out how to create spaces where they can shift to thriving and bring out their greatness. So. Thank you for, again, having the courage to share your lived experience so that your community can learn and grow from it. So Wonderful. thank you. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much. Thank you for saying that. Yeah. All right. Well, I hope you have a wonderful day. Thanks for listening today. If you like what you heard, head on over to iTunes and leave me a review. This podcast is for you, the parent of that kid. So go ahead. Tell me what you liked about this episode. Give me some ideas on what you'd like to hear. Maybe you have somebody you'd like me to ask those nitty-gritty questions to. I'm ready. Oh, and if you have a friend who is also the parent of that kid, click that share button and empower them with some tools and tips as well. And by the way, imperfect parent, I know parenting that kid is hella hard, but I'm telling you it's worth it. You are rocking this parenting journey. <laughs>